Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. The the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. The best podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Welcome to our community, Phoenix Lafay, the 113th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening tonight is courtesy of 19th century author Margaret Wolf Hungerford in that form. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn Ode's mother. And okay, I have a question. Okay. What was that part in the title of the name of the author? In that form. In that oh, form. in that form? Yeah. So the sentiment of beauty is in the eye of the beholder has been around since ancient Greece. Okay. But this specific most popular form of that sentiment, that this specific expression of it is from a book written by Margaret Wolf Hungerford. And this is the one that's been sort of passed on. Gotcha. But the sentiment, that general expression in in different forms Mm -hmm. is much, much older than that. Oh, see, I'm glad I asked. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now everybody else knows. Now everybody everybody knows. Everybody knows. (laughs) Everybody's going to sit there and go, what the fuck does that mean? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So, in that form. In that form. What does that mean? It's not her final form. It's <laughs> her future form. Wow. <laughs> Margaret Wolf Hungerford, the transforming author. <laughs> oh, she could be a time lord. That would be interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So, housekeeping. Yeah. Housekeeping. So, on the patron front, we have a kitten. We love you, kitten. Greetings, kitten. And we have a hunter, Sean the Heathen Hedgewitch. Oh, welcome to Sean the Heathen Hedgewitch. That's right. There we go. That's that's it. That's the new people. Cool. Yeah, very cool. And, of course, all love and thanks to all of our patrons who help keep us going and to all of our listeners because we love all of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do a Zoom call with anybody who wants to show up. Today was basically me and a harem of women. Um, so it was very interesting. Finn didn't join you, no. No, no Finn, no, uh, Terrence. Rabbit says, a... cars, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lady car of the dog. Uh-huh. Got a little bit, a little bit. Questions. <laughs> Backflash there, or flash, backflash. Flashback. I'm like, gotten all my words mixed up. Yeah, it was it was actually an Odinson free call, oh, which is weird because normally we have three uh-huh, of them, yeah. so it gets a little bit uh, chaotic. But <laughs> do I do anything else? No. Oh yes, yes you do. <laughs> Tuesday night, this upcoming Tuesday night will be the fourth episode of Three Pagans on Tap, and due to Gwyn, yes. uh, we are doing flavored vodkas. That's right. So you can find that on YouTube and Facebook at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday night upcoming. Now, to be fair, I ask that selfishly because anytime he does one of these podcasts, bunch of alcohols, I have to buy alcohol. We have to buy a bunch of We have more in the house, and I get to drink them. And I wanted flavored vodka, so we have currently <laughs> a lot of good rum. Good rum. <laughs> we have some whiskey. Some great whiskey. whiskey. Yep. We can talk about the stuff you do. Okay, so. 
at 8 a.m. on Mondays, Eastern Time. I do about a 20-minute guided meditation on Facebook, broadcast live to the pages and the groups and all that kind of fun stuff. And then on Wednesday, I host a book club that is at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a Zoom call. We are still studying How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, and we are on Chapter 15. Of how many chapters? We have like three more to go. Okay. And then I also wanted to talk about the fact that I'm going to be uh, a guest on Wider Circles, a Pagan Variety podcast with Jack Mercer. And that episode drops Tuesday at noon. Very cool. We've already had our conversation, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to listening to myself being a guest on, on Jack's <laughs> podcast. But it's really fun. It's um there's music and they offer a recipe and it's it's a really cool new podcast. And so, Jack Mercer's there. And it's Jack Mercer. It's Jack Mercer, exactly. yeah. So you you know Jack Mercer, if they were on our um, Drunk Divination, Divination, Divination two. Part, yeah, part two, two yeah. right? Amazing bone thrower. Yeah. And so Jack has started, this will be the second episode, mm-hmm. and he's going to be going after Carr and Ugg. Oh, oh, I didn't know guests, that. <laughs> for guest spots as well. Jack's already talked to me. Okay. So. All right. And I said you would. Well, that's right. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's kind of what I do. That is yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 come, I come to expect these things. <laughs> but anyway, we had a really fun conversation. So I hope that you will listen and give some support to uh, Jack's new podcast. Again, it's Wider Circles, a pagan variety podcast. You can find it on Spotify and iTunes and all the other pod, all the podcast places platforms. Where you find your favorite podcast. Right. So, so if you can find us on a podcast platform, you can also find Wider Circles, a Pagan Variety podcast. And then I don't do anything except this. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, not uh, true. But I am managing the Euling, which is, which is coming up. So the, the Euling is open right. uh, to sign up for. So you go to tinyurl.com slash three-pack-yule. That's three P-A-A-C-Y-U-L-E. You can sign up for our version of a secret Santa. Mm-hmm. Remember that you will get your your secret Yuling partner on December second. By December fifteenth, your gift should be in the mail. If it is not in the mail by then, you need to contact me. If you contact me on December sixteenth or later, you'll be banned from the Yuling moving forward. And the only reason we're doing that, and I keep saying this every time, but it sounds really harsh. This is our third year doing it, exactly. and people have failed to fulfill to, their part to of the rules. Their, yeah, right. to, to fulfill their their yeah. obligation to their partner, and that's very hurtful to their partner yeah. who has put forth the energy, effort, and time. And it's just sad when you don't get a thing for Christmas. Right. Yep. You know, or, or you in this case. Yeah. So anyway. So, so I'm I'm applying my my van hammer. My ode van hammer will be coming out this year uh, That's right. for on anyone who doesn't follow the rules. Oh, we have the Shadow Sundry series that we're doing. So if you're yeah. a pagan vendor or artisan and you're interested in being part of our Shadow Sundry series, which you can listen to our last episode to mm-hmm. hear what that's about. Contact me on Discord. You can send me a DM or you can at me in the Discord. Yeah. <coughs> all right. So, all right. So I think that's all our housekeeping. We are house kept and house swept. There we go. And our habit hole <laughs> is clean as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So what, did that one start last week when I wasn't yes, on? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
This is what you get for not listening. That's what you get for not being here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I had a migraine. Come on. Yeah, that's <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> we run wild in your absence. That's right. And we had a good time. Yes. Uh, if you go back and listen to our Kitten Trails episode, that was originally going to be this episode, this interview. That's right. Because. With, with Phoenix LeBay. There was a crisis at her store, so she wasn't able to make it to the interview with right. us. So we've rescheduled her for now. Yeah. So Phoenix, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, thank you. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. Yes, glad we could finally make this happen. Yeah, I'm so sorry about the last time. I see. I think even now I'm still having like guilty feelings about missing out. So I'm glad I'm here and. Don't don't feel guilty about it. Shit happens. That's right. right. That's right. It's, it's true. Have business it's true. to run, so that that takes precedence. Yes, you had, you had <laughs> a legit reason to not show up. That's right. That's right. But so we're going to start with our usual question, which is, how did you get on your pagan path? What what was your process? Okay, I love this question. Uh, <laughs> I was in my early teens, and I suffered my first heartbreak, um, and it was. So devastating and so painful. And we weren't raised religious. I have, I have no, um, childhood religious background. And in my young teen wisdom, I thought to myself, if I had some sort of religion, maybe this wouldn't hurt so bad. Maybe I would have a higher power or someone to talk to or, or a place to take this grief. Uh, and so I started exploring. I had a, my best friend was Catholic. We, I went to the Catholic church. I loved all the touching the holy water and all the stuff and the bending and the ups and downs. I loved all that stuff, but the, the preaching part of it, I just didn't connect to that part of it. Um, I had a friend who's Jewish and they took me along to a temple event. And so I just kind of tagged along with every friend who was religious and I started collecting books. And this is in the, the early nineties, the, you know, late mid ish early 90s <laughs> wicca in general was sort of on an upswing at that moment and so i came across a book about witchcraft and, and really wicca witchcraft but i started reading this book and it was like oh all of the things that i already believe other people have names for all of the things i already understand as my truth there's a thing uh, and so I just kept finding books and I roped some of my high school friends into doing rituals with me. And um, was, so we had, you know, a pseudo coven of, of witches doing ritual out of books and whatnot. And and it just sort of kept going. I think my mom was convinced it was a weird teenager phase. And, you know, now I'm 42 and I'm still doing it. So the phase has lasted a really long time. That's right. Very persistent phase. Yes. I'm curious. What was that first book that you were just like, oh, my God, this is it? Yeah, there was there was three books I bought on this excursion. One of them was specifically a love magic book because I thought that's how I'll get this boyfriend back who had broken my heart. Right. The other book was a terrible book that I still have because I'm afraid to donate it because I don't want someone else to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) We won't say what that title is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just terrible. And the third book is the one, and that is Raymond Buckland's Blue Book of Witchcraft, the you know, the, the iconic book. Yep, that's, that's the classic. Yeah, that is the classic. The classic. It <laughs> is a classic. Answer a couple of times. Unless you're Gwen. Right. That's true. That's true. That was not my. You my started first. with Ariadne Threat. I did start with Ariadne Threat. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. That's what drew me in. Yeah. I think yeah. three or four people who, who we've interviewed now, their first book was the big blue book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's the gateway drug. So what exactly is it that you do? What what do you consider yourself? That is another a really good question. I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm I'm not super active on social media. I try because it is such a good way to connect with people, but I'm a little social media shy. But I've been noticing this shift in what is witchcraft through social media. So in the early days, I definitely called myself Wiccan. And especially where I live in Northern California, if you say you're Wiccan, most people go, oh, okay, like you're kind of a hippie girl, right? So (laughs) Wicca was a safe thing for me to call myself. And then as my knowledge progressed and my my training and the different like groups I got involved with, I really took on pagan as my my label Mm -hmm. and pagan felt right. And now the pendulum has sort of swung back and I'm a witch. Uh, although I have like, you know, I, I'm a gardenerian. I'm initiated in the gardenerian lineage. I, I have studied druidry for several years. I'm, I do consider myself a pagan and a polytheist, but I think the label that fits the best is a witch. Cause that's, uh, and it changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwen, Gwen just goes with witch. I just go with witch. Yeah. Although sometimes you add uh, descriptors. It, well, cause sometimes it helps people, you know, right. to, to let you, to let them know what type of witchcraft is really my my jam mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm pretty eclectic <laughs> i'm pretty eclectic you can just be a druitch and Drew-witch. put a p in front of it and say the p silent so you can say you can do but you also practice hoodoo is that correct yeah how would you fit that in there <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's folk magic, right? I think that the more I study magic in general, the more I see like the, the, we- the wept and the weave, is that the right words that just sort of come together and how similar all, even though it's in this lineage, you call it this thing. And in this tradition, you call it this thing, but really at the, like at the, at its core, it's all the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can see that. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. The universalist perspective. Yeah. 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 That's very true. And why I just like the overarching term of pagan. Of pagan. Just, pagan. Yeah. We've, we've defended pagan as an umbrella right. yeah. term before. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are so many paths under yeah. that umbrella. And then we can all hang together. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And defend one another when it's necessary. Right. Yeah, because we're already a small group. Why do we need to argue amongst ourselves and make fractions in that group? It doesn't make any sense to me. I because agree. that's what religions do. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't either, but. Absolutely. We got some people praying here in the Discord as well. Now there are, I'm going to bring up a little bit of a sensitive topic. I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up appropriation. Because there, there are authentic reasons Mm -hmm. that cultures might want to Mm -hmm. have some boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand wanting to have boundaries inside the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Which I think we should all still be supporting each other, but also respecting each other's boundaries. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think it's important though if you're called to a a tradition or a set of practices, and you know we can't help what we're called to, and so it's important to go to the elders or those that are teaching in that lineage and get it from the source rather than trying to you know read the the things on the internet that might give you that same information, but actually going to someone who can teach you and train you in that lineage mm-hmm. sort of breaks that concern around cultural appropriation. At least I think I know it's a very, very complicated topic and it, but it's about respect and understanding origins and practicing in the right way so that you're not offending 
those practitioners or those gods or the spirits of that tradition. Is that something you've practiced in your own life with with the various paths that you have? Right, because it sounds like you do quite a few different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, at, at my heart, I am a learner. I just want, I'm always hungry to learn more and understand why. Mm-hmm. So I, and I like learning from people who are already in that system. I feel like you're getting, you know, a direct source of the magic of that system. So yeah, I've, I, you know, I, I seek out those that are in different lineages than me so I can expand my awareness around all of this stuff. Even if it's not a culture I want to dip deeply into, if there's just questions I have, I have a really dear friend named Lou Flores, who's a, a Ifa priest. He's in the Afro Caribbean tradition of Ifa. And I, we just geek out on witchcraft and spirituality conversations for hours because we're both into it and we want to understand how different traditions do things and find the differences and the similarities. So, you know, I don't ever intend on being an initiate in Ifa, but I love learning about it. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And I think that perspective of if you feel called to something, go find those elders. Yeah. Go yeah. seek them out. That's definitely the way to, to, to go about that. But I also yeah. think it's good to learn about other traditions, even if you aren't going to be practicing them. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It gives you a perspective you, exactly. on what other people are doing. Exactly. And an appreciation. Right. Right. So that. Because well, and, and if you go to, if you go to an elder, if you go to someone who's currently practicing, you get invited in, right? Yeah. yeah. And they show you the things that they're willing for you to, to know and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the sort of colonizer mindset of just like barging in and taking what you want and leaving. Right. 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 Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to jump a little uh-huh. bit onto a subject here. Cause I don't know if you know this, but we did, we did review your book, your newest yes, one. Yes. Uh, Walking in Beauty. Walking in Beauty. Okay. Trails. On Kitten Trips. And I'm going to be honest, we were a little hard on it. <laughs> okay. Because we, we felt like there were some appropriate. There was some, there was some moments in that book that we did not appreciate. Yeah. Okay. I, Let's I, it. I gave it a, 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 I gave it a three stars, but we felt like there were some things. And now part of this is we hadn't had a chance to talk to you mm-hmm. and find out about your, your background, your perspective, how you learned about the various things. How did you approach writing this book? What was the goal behind Walking in Beauty? So it is, Walking in Beauty is really, really personal. <laughs> and it's, um, it's a book that feels very vulnerable to have existing because it is so much of my personal private practice that I have put into tangible form for others to digest. So it's, it's, it's a little bit scary, but it is a ton of my personal practice. And because at the, at the core of who I am and what I believe, I feel like our, the biggest problem that our culture, specifically Americans, but also most westernized countries, our problem, our dis-ease, right, is this, we are disconnected. We are disconnected from the land. We are disconnected from each other. We are disconnected from how we impact the cycle of everything. And, you know, it's so easy, you know, you mentioned that colonizer mindset. It's so easy to just go, oh, well, this is mine now. This is mine now and have no concept of the repercussions. And I, my belief is that that's why we are in the situation we are in with climate change, with pol- you know, polarity of, of uh, politics, like all of that stuff is because we are so disconnected. So walking in beauty is a way, a, a way to crack open the door to reconnection. 
to remember that, like, and I keep looking in this direction because there's a window here so I can like <laughs> see the tree and I can see the, some flowers and, and just reconnecting to the natural world and to the beauty that exists can help start to shift that energy. You know, talking to the average Joe at the grocery store, it's a harder sell to remind them of that connection. But for witches and pagans and those of us that are already doing the work, we already know that that is important. And so it's a way to deepen that relationship and maybe even pay it forward a little bit so that we can start shifting that energy in the world. Okay. That's very cool. Part of it was, I don't think Ode picked up that message. That, that was kind of what was coming through to me, but I think Ode felt like it was more of a, of a personalized, internalized, recognize mm-hmm. your own beauty. Yeah. And they had, they it had, was, there was, so I'm uh, non-binary mm-hmm. and your book did not connect with me at all. It felt like a very, like a book from a very cis perspective, I guess is what I'd say that, that did not have a lot of resonance to someone who has dysphoria um, and that kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 And you're, I mean, I am a cis person, so absolutely there, no doubt I missed the mark on that. Uh, and I appreciate that feedback a lot because there is a way that I just, I don't fully grok that worldview. And so you're right. Like, absolutely. Considering that going forward with other projects and other writings that I do, I think I, you're, I, like what I, what I hear, what I feel, the thing that is coming up is I need someone non-binary to do a preview and edit and help me with that <laughs> to make sure the voice is more universal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's very good. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not trying to attack you. We didn't bring you on here. No, no. <laughs> so we can yell at you. So we can yell at you. No, no I want to hear it. I want to hear it. That's good information. Because I, I really do. I did like the book. So there were just those a couple of sections that felt. I think what we ended up on was that it felt like a book for, from a very narrow perspective. And you saying that, you know, it's a book that's very much about personal. your personal practice. That does, would be. Does make sense of that. It's. Mm-hmm. This is the book of you about you and not really about or for a wider audience, I guess. You know, the, the idea is to reconnect with this, this outer world beauty, but anytime you start using that word or start opening that Pandora's box, it is going to trigger the internal beauty stuff that you can't separate the two. So the, of course that is in there. There is a lot of personal work, shadow work, reflection work on the inner landscape because once you start asking for reconnection, it's going to bring up all those places where you feel like you're, you're not even connected to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is part of it too. It is, it is, um, you are the mirror for the world you live in and the world you live in is a mirror for yourself. So th- that's absolutely part of it too. And that's not going to fit everyone's practice for sure. I get that. Yeah, that's true. I do want to say, I really liked your pentacle. The beauty pentacle. The beauty pentacle. I liked the exercise. I liked how you, uh, how you framed it and how you worked that into, uh, throughout the book of the different, Mm -hmm. you know, points of the pentacle and the different exercises that you included in there. I thought that was very cool. Oh, good. Good. I like that a lot. Any questions about that you wanted to ask? Oh, I, I did have, so the, the thing that actually initially didn't Gel. That didn't gel with me with this book that put me in, in probably a bad headspace to receive the rest of the book. Yeah. That pretty early on, you've got essentially a justification for using the term smudging. <laughs> and we here on this podcast really are proponents of just using smoke cleansing because it means what you mean. That didn't put me in a great space for the rest of the book. And then later on, you've got a, uh, what was it? 
the, the it was like a, a the walk. The walk. Yeah. The beauty walk. The, right. The, what we were like, why don't you just call this a beauty walk? You called it something else. It was drawing from native tradition. And so, so my perspective on that was native activists have said, don't use these terms. Mm-hmm. So, vision, like, so I can quest. Right, vision quest. Vision quest. Oh, gotcha. And you, you explain how the thing that you're describing isn't really a vision quest, but you're going to call, call it a vision quest anyway. And, and my perspective on, on that was native activists have repeatedly asked that we don't use these terms for specific sure. reasons. So yeah. why are you in this book insisting that you should be able to use them? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that, um, well, if, if insisting we should use them is an interesting way of saying it. Um, so I'm not going to try and defend the word smudging because it, the, it this is a conversation that's just going to take us into some intense and ugly places, I think. <laughs> um, and I do try to use sane, which is a more of a, a Celtic, European, mm-hmm. UK word rather than smudge. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of pushback from editing. Like, no one knows what sane is. Just use the word smudge. So, you know, part of this is me and part of this is what my my Publishing. editing yeah. team prefers, uh, you know, what my publisher will let me do. Yeah, so I don't really know what more to say about that. I know that the use of that word, I've heard, I've saw in other reviews about the book that people had feelings about that too, but it is an English word. It's not a native word. No, but it describes a native practice. This is an established argument. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, and smoke cleanse and saining, like this is a practice that is used by spiritual traditions all over the world from the beginning of time. Absolutely. Um, and I, so just for some clarity, because this is my, I'm not currently married to a Native American, but my ex-husband is Native American. My daughter is Native American. When we were together, I was involved with very, very many ceremonies and, and, uh, intensives and retreats because I was considered part of the tribe while we were together. So I also have deep personal roots in some of these traditions and in being involved with sweats and all that. And I'm not trying to teach those traditions. They're not mine, but they are part of my makeup and my heart and my and what I've been taught. So, yeah, I mean, we could I hear that about the word. I understand the feelings around the word. Yeah, I think we're just going to blame Llewellyn. Because okay. <laughs> honestly, like, I like saining as a word. I've not heard that before. And we've before. got weakening and, and yeah. smoke cleansing. And the thing, our whole thing is, you know, okay, it's been made clear that we should start using other words. And you attempted to do that and you were thwarted. And so it's like, okay, come right. on, publishers. Maybe now it's time for us to talk to publishers. Maybe it's yeah. time right. for us to publishers <laughs> and say, hey. Let's, it, okay, so the reading public doesn't know these new words. Then let's, let's explain teach, it to them. Exactly. Right. Let's teach them so yeah. we can get out of what has been in the past, you know, what the current, yeah, mindset, yeah. what the current yeah. mindset is. Yeah, and I do love the word sane. And I, and honestly, like now I'm like, shit, I need to go back and look at the book because I thought that word was used sane was used pretty regularly so now i'm wondering if there were things changed that i didn't realize <laughs> no i don't think it was used i don't remember it used at all okay it might have been used once or twice but right. that smudging was really the yeah, prominent yeah. in the book yeah, yeah. So. wow okay because yeah i'm cognizant of that so i, I definitely that's something i need to 
have some closer awareness on on my next book and make sure that doesn't get adjusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on from this topic. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like we're attacking you because honestly, it's you've put your heart out there, you've explained it, and I I think this answers a lot of our questions. So I thank you very much for doing that. Sure. And um and like I said, I I really loved the whole beauty pentacle. I thought that was really cool. And so, and thank you for putting yourself out there. That's a scary thing to do. You know, it's a a very personal uh, journey in that book. Yeah. yeah. So please accept our, I mean, I don't apologize. Okay. (laughs) Our our thanks for for being willing to talk about this. this, Oh yeah, absolutely. I love to hear the feedback, good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah. Cool. cool. But this is only your most recent book. You've got another book. And you got more coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have the, what is remembered lives was my first book through Llewellyn. Uh, and then Guyana and I have a book coming out, I think in February called life ritualized. And it's all about rites of passage and ritualizing everything. (laughs) Especially since you, you mentioned when you were a teenager looking into Catholicism, really enjoying the ritual of that. And I think that's something that a lot of people do enjoy. There's a lot of things that are very appealing in ritual. And I think that's important for people Things yeah. that you can call back to. And especially if you're having a hard time in your life, you can do this ritual and it, you know, it'll bring a sense of peace or well, and you talk about finding beauty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get ritual at all, but no. maybe that's because being raised Southern Baptist, it was like True. first, second and fourth verse of the hymn and the chorus three times and then, and then listen to somebody speak. Yeah. And then you have, first and last verse of a hymn and, and the chorus, and then you're done. And then you're done, and, and you have right, coffee. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> um, so I don't think that, you know, we actually had a ritual when I was growing up. It's just not a thing. It's not yeah. a thing, yeah. Now, I did when we were in the Lutheran church, I guess we yeah. had many rituals. Middle, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Catholic-like. Yeah. But can you, is there more you can tell us about this book that's coming out in oh, February? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I would, I would, um, encourage you to look at maybe where there is more ritual in your life than you realize. You know, we have, and one of the sort of mainstream mon- mundane things that we write about is this rite of passage of getting your driver's license. And it's, you know, it's this right, it's a huge rite of passage that people go through, not always, and not always at the, at the age of 16. Like, you know, there's different la- layers to that cycle of a right where you have to study and learn and practice and take this test. Mm-hmm. And if you're a, a parent or a guardian of someone who is watching someone go through that process, you're imparting your knowledge and sharing what you've learned and, and helping them develop the skills that you already possess. And then there is a little bit of potential some sadness, like watching that, that being that you've cared for take a step closer to adulthood and take a step to be, um, in a potentially dangerous situation driving a car and, and you know, all of the cycle of that. And we have this whole huge rite of passage that most of us are familiar with mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily ritualize, but it is this ritual. So there's all kinds of mundane things we do probably on a daily basis that we might not think of as a ritual, but really if you get down to its bare essence, it is. So we're just like the, some of the, the point of this book is to look at those places where maybe you are doing ritual all the time and not giving it that, um, the, the beauty of that word that the, that you're performing a ritual and maybe to take some of those things like getting a driver's license. 
and making it more of a big deal, making it more of a ritual. And there's, I don't know how many rituals, a lot, at least 60 rituals of, you know, if a pet crosses over or a hand fasting or baby blessings. And Misha Magdalene wrote a whole section on coming out and having a uh, coming of age for someone who is identifying as feminine, masculine or non-binary. So we really like from birth to death, we try to touch all of these places in between and hold those those rights that we all experience as part of life. So basically you're writing a pastoral manual in a way. Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I used to have one. Yeah. Like I had yeah. one that yeah. covered all of that kind of stuff. How to do it. Yeah. Uh, right. How to do a funeral. Or how to do a, yeah. Scuba says, I've always been intrigued by the idea of ritual, but the, the ones that were handed to me by the Protestant church didn't do anything for me, which is part of the appeal of paganism. Owl's Perch said, ritual has a strange connotation for me because of my mental health condition. I'd be open to hearing another perspective in the pagan space. I just hope the disclaimer is to always live in the gray, even in ritual spaces. Yeah, I am a fan of living in the gray always. You know, I think that the world is not binary. And the more we try to make it so, the more we run into problems, you know. Um, So I am a fan of the gray. The Gardnerian traditions, the other traditions in Wicca are very binary because of mostly of when they were created was yeah. that was the, the thing of the time. We've, you know, our, our society is moving into a more open understanding of gender and sex and relationships yeah. and all that. Is this something that you guys are, are looking to to help promote this idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be a binary ritual. It can it can be in the gray. It can be open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, my, my feeling on witchcraft paganism in general is that we, we all practice a intensely personal practice. So what works for me and what I do may not work for anyone else in the world. And that doesn't take away from what I do. It doesn't mean that what I do isn't any less valid or any less effective. Uh, you know, one of the things I say to my students is, did it work? Then it worked. You know, you don't you don't have to follow someone else's formula. It's so intensely personal. So we do have these rituals laid out very much in the gray so that any any person shape need can fit in. But there's also a whole chapter on creating your own rituals. Mm -hmm. So how to how to put paste together a ritual to sort of follow a format that, you know, works for you and how to acknowledge the rites of passage that in your life that are important. Maybe. You know, a coming of age ritual isn't important in your life. Maybe it's this whole other thing. So how do we build a ritual for you for that process? So that's a, yeah, it's a lot of the book is about finding your path, your rhythm in ritual. Because, because not every ritual is going to be right for every person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't think, you know, I've planned a lot of public ritual in my life and there is always someone that loved it and comes up to you afterwards and is like, that was the most amazing ritual I've ever been in. And there's always someone who's like, that ritual was terrible. I hated it from the beginning. And, (laughs) and I always feel like that's a successful ritual when someone was like amazing and someone was like, you know, that you did. What if the greatest tabletop hero you ever played turns out to be yourself? In Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates, move beyond imagination as Captain Vector and his Meta Pirates do battle from game world to world, following players from setting to setting in an attempt to enter the real world. 
Will you help Captain Vector in his Pinocchio-like quest like Ode does mm-hmm. to enter the real world or stop him from becoming a living nightmare like Wind does? <laughs> Only you can decide. Vector, Attack of the Medic Pirates can be purchased at drivethroughrpg.com or itch.io on a pay-what-you-want basis. And if you'd like to hear more about Captain Vector, you can go back and listen to the previous episode where we talked to Mother Multiverse about that very Exactly. That's right. Now that we've talked more about Life Ritualized, which sounds like an amazing book, and hopefully... Yeah, I want a copy. Yeah, we would like a copy (laughs) to review, obviously, for the podcast, but we'd also like to have both you and Gwion. I'm going to put you on the spot, so think about it. (laughs) Oh, done. We're done. Gwion's already on board. (laughs) (laughs) I see you have the car mentality. (laughs) Okay, but you also have What is Remembered Lives. Yes. yes. So can you tell us a bit more about that book? Because that came out in 2019, is that right? Yes. Okay. Right and fast. You are right. I, you're like a writing maniac. I do. I have many jobs. I can't help it. I'm constantly working. Um, yeah, so I have been teaching classes about goddesses specifically for for many years, and I, I call them Goddess of the Month. Uh, and we pick a different goddess from a different part of the world, tell her story, tell a little bit of the culture that she comes from, and then we do a ritual. And I've been doing this for, for many, many years, and, and Guian kind of refers to it as tea time with the goddess. It's this way of, <laughs> of introducing people to different deities. My secret hope is that eventually people who've been coming for a long time will all of a sudden find their goddess and and leave with a new relationship and a, a new love is created. So that's my little secret desire. But uh, I just, I'm a polytheist. I love talking about gods. So I started working on this book, What is Remembered Lives, really about polytheist practice and how to, to have a devotional, well, not even just devotional. I believe relationships with the gods are more reciprocal than devotional, but devotion's part of it. And the more I started working on, like, putting these thoughts from, from my brain into some sort of format, <laughs> the more I realized how relationships with our ancestors and relationships with the Fae or spirits of the land are very similar. It's also very similar to a relationship with a human <laughs> relationships. So the, the what is remembered lives is about working with gods, with ancestors and with the Fae, uh, which is, you know, again, a lot of my personal practice, but it is sort of these three sections on, on how to work with, with uh, the other worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do go into detail around nine different deities just to sort of give like a, a primer, an example, some information on, on some specific deities in there. But yeah, it's, it's how to connect to the other worlds and how to start those relationships. That sounds very cool. I confess I have not read it yet, but now I'm like really excited to read it. (laughs) Idea of the the tea time with the goddess. I love that. But I also I love that idea because so many people are like, I'm I just started, but I don't know, you know, what path should I be on? I'm not sure. I think a deity is calling to me, but I'm not sure who it is. And that's a beautiful way to introduce people to various pantheons, various deities and cultures. cultures. And then, like you say, hopefully they'll find their niche, you know, they'll they'll find where they belong. I think that's a little matchmaking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's very cool. It's my favorite thing about being a witch or a pagan is, is working with the gods. It's my favorite thing. And like, you know, we're in the middle of moving house right now. So all of my altars are in boxes and I'm starting to get kind of itchy. Like we need to get 
these gods out of these boxes. They need places <laughs> to live. I need to start pouring my offerings on a daily basis. Yeah. I had very much the same feeling when we moved. Yeah, yeah. I had to pack everything up into boxes. It was the last thing that went into boxes. It was the first yep. thing that came out of boxes. Yeah, exactly. Just the furniture was in place. The exactly. altars went up. Yeah, I think that's that was right. the first thing yeah. I set up too was our, our main altar and then my private altars as well. I need to deal with Persephone. She's been sort of poking at me the last year or two. And I'm, you know, I, I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of, I got a full house. I'm not sure I can handle any more deity relationships right now. Uh, but she just kind of kept poking some weird things were going on. And, and so I made a deal with her. I was like, okay, if this house thing works out, the first altar I'll put up is for you. And it worked out. So she's over there. She's staring at me right now. I have a look. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's time for the reviews. Okay. Y'all get to hear Cars dulcet tones again. He's That's back. Right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick Did you all sing last? Yes. <laughs> yes.
Hint, hint, Jonathan, make an unscented version for me. But I will, I will buy it from you because I love it. But so overall, I would give, because they're very, very new. Like I said, limited right. amount of stuff they're offering. A baby store. They're, it's a baby store, but I feel like, you know, it deserves some attention. Yep. For, needs to grow. Needs to grow. So. Become a can, strong child store. Yep. And the, the, um, <laughs> child store. <laughs> um, the website is scent and serenity apothecary.com and that's scent dash and dash serenity dash apothecary.com. Could you just call the store dash 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 dot com? <laughs> no. Um, um, the bitch just Googled yes. scent and serenity and it came right up. Oh, yeah, good. That's, that's Rana for those of you who are unaware. <laughs> yeah. and, and Finn says, that's it. Ordering some for the spouse. Hate the greasy lip balms. There you go. Yeah. There you go. After he laughed hysterically. After yes. We talked about <laughs> about yeah. the kissing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the kissing. Kissing. The kissing. <laughs> Icky. So that's it for the reviews. There you go. And since we're on the subject of stuff, Phoenix, you have a store. That's right. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And there's dashes in the website, actually, which is funny. Yeah, we, so we live at, well now we live in the town. We didn't live in the town three days ago. Uh, but there's a little town in Northern California called Sebastopol. And the, there's a shop called Milk and Honey, which has been there for 25 years. It's been mine for five. So, uh, but it is a, a staple. When I first started practicing witchcraft, I would go to this store. So it's oh. total, it's a total crazy, coincidence, synchronicity of how this store came to be mine. Uh, but it is like, a, it's a blessing. It's, it was always this fantasy dream that I never really, be, I was never going to pursue it because it was like, Oh, it would be amazing to have a witchy shop. I would love to have a witch store, but it wasn't a real thing I was ever going to pursue. And then all of a sudden it was like, here you go. Oh, you now have a witch store. So yeah, milk and honey, milk dash and dash honey dot com. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? That would have been so much easier. Uh, and our, we do have a lot of stuff online, but, but not everything because it is like a come and check us out type of store, but it's, it is really awesome. I'm not going to lie. It is really awesome to have a little shop and to have People come, like, you know, new, newbie baby witches who are looking for advice on how to start to practitioners who are stuck to people, you know, looking for spell ingredients. Like it is every time I'm there, I'm just so fulfilled. And it, it, because it's been there for 25 years and it's been this, this shop of spirituality for 25 years, it's got a vibe. And, you know, there's a, there's a couch in the back where people come and chill and read their tarot cards. And we have a community altar so you can light candles for whatever purpose you might be needing oh, prayer so cool. for. And yeah, I love that. That's I very cool. Love that. I love when pagan stores become those kind of communities. Exactly. So, yeah. I, and I have visited a couple of times. And if I remember correctly, you make some stuff, like some personal yeah. items that people can buy that are, are well, we make, so we, I have a goddess line, which is, we have Aphrodite love stuff, uh, Aquanian, um, tranquility, Lakshmi abundance, Hecate protection, and the other one that I'm not going to remember, and that goddess is going to kick me in the butt later tonight. <laughs> but they, they all have a bath and an incense and a spray, which is, you know, sort of a, like a, 
a non-smoke incense that's been actually growing in popularity. A lot of folks are looking for things that are smokeless. Mm -hmm. So we have that. You have a dorm or something. Yeah. Or for folks who are in the hospital or have, um, you know, oxygen oxygen needs or different health needs that can really come in handy. Mm -hmm. We also make little charm bags and herb mixes that you can use in for baths or cleansings, things like that. Uh, and I feel like I'm forgetting something else, but yeah, I make a lot of stuff. I make a lot, and it's fun because I, I'm the type of witch that likes to get my hands dirty and do stuff and play in the mud a little bit. So it is fun to make stuff. Is, is Brigitte who you forgot? Yes, thank you. <laughs> She's my patron too. Like I'm Cross oh, right on your wrist. Right. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god! I, I went to the little website and I'm like, who does not? Oh, that's who I was actually. I'm Brigitte has been my patron for as long as I've been practicing witchcraft. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so how has COVID been treating you with you know with your store, store with everything? Yeah. We were closed for three months, and so that was rough. But you know, we have I have. Gwen and I both have a, a lot of dear friends all over the world. And, and so we are, our online orders all of a sudden went from nothing to something. <laughs> so learning how to run an online business was uh, what I was doing during the lockdown phase of all the COVID stuff. And it's just, it's kind of been a slow build back. So I would say, where are we? October? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, September almost felt like, like normal, ex- mm-hmm. you know, except for the mask wearing and the hand sanitizing extra and all that fun stuff. Uh, it almost felt like normal and uh, knock on wood because yeah. Yeah. So we'll see the holidays are going to be weird. I don't know what the restrictions will be for the state of California or our County. Apparently I just heard, our county is the only county in the whole state that's still on the you're in trouble list. So uh, that's not fun. So we'll, I don't know. We're hanging on. We're doing okay. That's good. Um, yeah. You know, I think 25 years being in the community, we definitely have community support, which is just outstanding. It totally warms my heart to think of, of the support we have. And uh, Carver's just showing me the soaps on your website. I, I want some. Yeah, so I think our <laughs> next round of soap will be bought from you. <laughs> We're going to nice. in order. <laughs> I know. I awesome. on, like I said, I've looked on your website and go, I want that. I want that. I want that. that. I want that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, we, I think we'll be doing that soon, mm-hmm. hopefully. And then probably reviewing them. And then, yeah. That's how we do. Yeah. That's how right. we do. Yeah. I say, is this soap sufficiently scratchy? Yes. There is a scratchy soap, so yeah. I'm going to get that one. <laughs> that. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Rana has said, I live in the uber-liberal Bay Area in California, and I don't have a ton of stores around me either. Milk and Honey is about an hour away, though. I may have to go check it out. Yep. Yay, so come visit. That, <laughs> yeah, send me a message when you're coming so I can make sure I'm there and I can say hello. There you go. Hey, there you yeah. go. Join our tiger Laura Driver with the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician with a very chill, listenable synth tone married to lyrics that are by turns both hopeful and honest. All of Aqua Girl's tracks have their charms, but odes suggest Harvest Moon, an examination of the interplay between the poles by the way of the moon. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com.
Twitter, they're at dash dash dot URL. <laughs> but we love Aqua Girl, so yes. you give them a listen. Yep. Aqua Girl has good stuff. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm gonna just put this out there. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody wants to get me something from you, I don't own any of the Aqua Girls. <laughs> you don't own the tracks? Nope, so. <laughs> Feel free to hint, hint, owed, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> Something you mentioned with uh, milk and honey was that uh, sometimes people come in when they're sort of on their at, at their last most desperate moment. Uh, Help me, Phoenix. Right, and that's my only hope. Exactly. Yeah. That's something I really enjoyed when I was working occasionally at Arts and Craft was when people would come in with a problem mm-hmm. to try and help solve the problem. So what's that like? Do you, do you, do you get that experience a lot? Yeah, I think that's probably something that happens on the regular for sure. Uh, you know, someone who's got having nightmares or has a trouble in the household or, you know, you name it, like any, any, any human issue, people come in looking for assistance to help them through it. So we look at, you know, what, what is going to work best for their situation? Do you want to burn candles? Would, some, a stone or crystal help shift some energy. Do you need to do a cleansing? Which is usually the answer is usually yes. Cleansing is always a yes. But there's, you know, it's, it's fun to, to diagnose and, and see what kind of, of game plan we can have. And I know for myself, when I run into to troubled waters or I'm in a situation that feels challenging, just creating a plan can sometimes make it all easier or smoother or fe- at least feel less painful, you know? So, so it is, it is an honor and a blessing to be able to be that for other folks who are looking for help. It is an honor and a blessing. I, I think there's an extent to which maybe unintentionally like pagan store owners, especially for stores that are these kind of community spaces become like unofficial clergy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now, are you are are you a priestess in in like in a coven, or do you lead a coven, or? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm not even sure how to answer. It. So I am I am a gardenerian. I'm a second degree gardenerian. I I do not have a. I am in a coven. I do not run a coven. <laughs> um, and I am in heavily involved in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft, which is non hierarchical. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I am a priestess in that tradition, but so are we all if we, if we want to be. And I am not looking to step into leadership of leading coven at the moment. I'm kind of on a break of that. Fair I think enough. we and I have been more, um, focused on our, our personal practice, our household practice, but both of us have a tendency to get ourselves in leadership positions. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that changes, but right now we're working on, on couple magic and family magic and, and being oriented in that way. A lot of, of, um, solitary work for me, for sure. That's very cool. That's yeah. valid. Although we've been told several times on this podcast that you don't get to decide when you're a leader. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. And essentially as, as a, you know, the owner of a pagan store and someone who is there for people to come and ask mm-hmm. for help from, you are the, the neighborhood witch on the yeah. corner, you know, like yeah, totally. that you are totally their, their person mm-hmm. that people yeah. will come to. And I bet they're not even all pagans, are they? Do you get no, some, oh, no. get them, yeah, just you, some random the, the Christians come Christians in like, or... I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would like to use this magic in the name of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we saw that happen at arts and craft. This, so it doesn't surprise me, especially if it's a store that's been fully established and then you, you took ownership of it and have continued to do that, that work, build that legacy, that build that yeah. legacy 
doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, people know if you have a problem, go see Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> milk and honey. Yeah. Milk and honey. Yeah. It was funny because when you said the story about around 25 years, I was like, man, that's such a long time. And then I realized that was just 1996. Yeah, right. That doesn't feel right. that long ago. But no, which is that's like the year funny. I graduated high school. So, you know, I'd only been practicing for a few years myself at that point. So, yeah, yeah, it's too crazy. Yeah. And, and Ode was six. Yeah. So, yeah. so we were significantly older than that. Politely. What polite? I'm 55. I own it. So, yeah, own it. It's awesome. A lot of people don't make it that far. That's great. That's right. I'm quite honestly surprised I made it past 21. <laughs> honestly, so much. <laughs> you are just some shenanigans. That's true. That's true. But uh, we really appreciate you spending this time with us and just sharing from your heart and mm-hmm. your experience and your books. Mm-hmm. And I really seriously. The upcoming uh, Life Ritualized book. Yes, the upcoming really Life Ritualized. And I'm going to get me a copy of What is Remembered Lives because that sounds really amazing. I don't know how I, I skipped over that one, <laughs> uh, but I accidentally did. So I look forward to reading it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and rescheduling and I look forward to chatting with you again. All right. Well, you stay safe and, uh, Leon, we said hello. Yes. I will. You have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. All right. I think we're done. All right. So so. if you want to find us, you can find us on the web. Yeah. At www.thenumber3pagansandacat.com. If you want any of our other links, you can find them all there. Yep. Imagine that. You don't have to memorize. Rememberize? Rememberize. You don't have to rememberize any of these. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we should end this podcast because now I'm just starting to get a little weird. Loopy? 